Have you heard the news? Numa Worship's first instrumental album is out on your digital platform from the 30th of October. You can search for Numa Worship Stillness Album, download all 10 tracks and you will be blessed. Hi, this is Corey Turner. And along with my wife, Simone, we are the senior pastors of Numa Church. I wanted to thank you for listening to our podcast today. You're about to hear a message from one of our team that we pray builds your faith and empowers you to follow Jesus more closely. Enjoy the message. Wonderful. Well, it is so good to be with you. Uh, even as Pastor Corey said, uh, to be online, but here with you. Uh, you know, I've discovered over our last 20 months or so of traveling that, you know, every single pulpit is a privilege and every congregation is a ripe field to sow into. And so wherever we are, we count it an incredible honour. But I've got to tell you, every pulpit may be a privilege, but this pulpit and this place and you are something special in God. And so after having sowed so many years into this particular church, uh, it is a real honour to be back. And I want to thank Pastor Corey and Simone uh, for welcoming us back. I bring greetings uh, from Pastor Sally. You need to know that uh, we love you. We miss you as a people. Often we bump into people. They say, oh, we miss you. You have no idea how much we miss all of you. But it is a, uh, it is a great honour and a great privilege to be able to come and to speak to you uh, today. And I first of all want to uh, just congratulate Pastor Corey and Simone for the incredible job that they've been doing. You know, whenever you let go of the leadership of the church, um, your prayer is that the church will go from strength to strength and from glory to glory. For that's God's plan. It's always God's plan. He only ever brings change to see greater things, new things, and, and the next thing in God. And uh, I just want to say well done to Pastor Corey and Simone. They've taken the leadership and they've led with courage. They've led with boldness. They've led with faith. And uh, the church is going from strength to to strength. So many great things that we celebrate with you uh, that you've seen over these last 18, 20 months. Uh, the East Campus facility purchased. Um, you've seen the uh, facility over in Bangkok, a lease there with a new facility and Pastor Jesse reporting that they're now going into uh, second services over there. Uh, there's a Bible planting um, school now that's going and you do the church over in West and so many great things uh, that you should be celebrating souls being saved. and It's a strange time right now with the pandemic. It's a very strange time, but hey, let's never forget the goodness of God. And they may be able to shut down an economy, may be able to shut down all sorts of restrictions, but you cannot shut down the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And you are a part of that. And as much as I cheer on Pastor Simone and Pastor Corey and all of the team, I want to congratulate every one of you, wherever you are today, whether you're in your lounge room, your kitchen, whether you're just listening uh, while you're walking down the street, wherever you are today, part of Numa Church, can I just say, well done. You are part of what God is doing. Transition is never easy. Change is never easy. But you have stood together in faith. And together you are seeing God continue to build His kingdom here in Melbourne, but ultimately across the globe through the leadership and through the vision of this church. And that's something that we celebrate so much. You know, today, I want to talk to you about the, uh, the power of agreement. Power 
have agreement. You know, agreement is so significant in our lives. If you've ever bought anything, if you've ever, you know, uh, gone into a contract with a phone, if you've bought a car, if you've leased a house, if you've gone into a, a, a mortgage, then, then you know, you, you've experienced some of the realities and some of the power of what agreement looks like. It's a, it's a contract. It's a legally binding, it's a legally recognized agreement. And if you talk about that sort of contract or agreement, you realize it gives two things. Number one, it gives incredible clarity. You know exactly what you're getting in for. You know what you need to do and you know what the other person needs to bring. And it gives you incredible authority. If, if somebody fails to meet their commitment, then there is an authority established that says, well, now there will be another course of action. Clarity and authority come when there is agreement. Agreement is a very specific arrangement. The dictionary describes it as this. It says it's a negotiated and typically legally binding arrangement between parties to a specific course of action. And I love that because, you know, it... To go into an agreement, you, you don't have to agree about everything. You just agree about the agreement. You agree about what's important. You agree about what you will do and what the other person will do. You know, I guess in the natural, one of the greatest forms of agreement is marriage. And the beautiful thing about marriage is that two people remain two people, wonderfully unique. If I think about my wife, Sal, she and I, we are so different in so many different ways. We have different temperaments. We have different styles of, of relaxing. Of, I love adventures, climbing mountains, jumping in surf, doing all wild, crazy things. Sal likes to sit under a tree and read a magazine. We're so different in so many ways. But when it comes to the power of agreement, our marriage, it means that, yes, we're different in so many different ways, but according to our values, according to our commitment with our marriage, with how we'll live our life, with what's important around our marriage, these things are rock solid. So when you go into an agreement, you can have so many different unique characteristics about yourself, but in relation to your agreement, it is clear. Of course, that's just in the natural, but what about when we talk about spiritual agreement? Can I tell you, there is power when you go into a spiritual agreement. You know, a spiritual agreement attracts the blessing and favor of God. Psalm 133 verse 1, many of us know this, how good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. And verse 4 goes on to say, for it is there the Lord bestows, other translations say the Lord commands his blessing, even life evermore. Do you know what I love about that scripture? I love that it does not say how good it is when all God's people have got it all together. I love it that it doesn't say, you know, when you figured it all out, when you, know, when you finally cleaned up your mess, when you finally done all that Bible study, when, when, when you finally are the holiest you've ever been, when you've been the smartest you've ever been. No, it doesn't say any of that. It says how good it is when God's people live together in unity. It's not about how good you are, how smart you are, how much you've figured it all out, how much finance you've got. It's about wherever you are, whatever stage of life, whatever stage of faith you're in, if you can come into a sense of agreement 
then God is going to pour out favour and blessing. I don't know about you, but that's good news. Because the truth is we are all works in progress. But if we can be works in progress, listen, if we can be works in progress together, in agreement, we can know favour and blessing like God wants to pour out so freely. But spiritual agreement doesn't just attract blessing and favour. It engages the authority of heaven. Jesus speaking, Matthew 18, verse 18 to 20, it says, Truly I tell you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. And again, truly I tell you, that if two of you on earth agree about anything they ask for, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. Listen, for where two or three gather in my name, there I am with them. You know, when we come into agreement, now listen, when we come into agreement, not just about what we want, what we think is right, when we come into agreement around God's word and around God's purposes, it releases power and it releases authority. It is literally registered in heaven and ultimately it will be established on earth. Now, you might say, oh, pastor, that sounds great. And I understand that from a biblical principle. But what does it look like in in practice? What does it look like in reality? So I want to go today to a piece of Scripture to, 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 to just try and unpack what does this agreement, this spiritual agreement look like in the flesh? Because the reality is it's a little bit like marriage. Marriage is so much more than just the ceremony. Marriage has to be worked out. Marriage has to be, it it, it gets put under pressure. It gets tested. And you have to work out a marriage over time. And can I say, it's the same principle with spiritual agreement. It's more than just a song we sing. It's more than just a a confession that we might bring. It's more than just a feeling. And a spiritual agreement is something that has to be worked out in reality. And to help us just try and unpack that, I want to go back to a piece of Scripture. And it's one of the last passages of Scripture that I preached from while we were here with you. And it's from 1 Kings chapter 17, and it's the story of Elijah. I love this story so much. You, you will know that Elijah goes to King Ahab, who was an evil, wicked king, and he makes a declaration from the God of heaven saying, there will be no more rain until I declare it. And then obviously he had to flee from the king, and, and God spoke to him and said, you need to go and hide in a ravine, and, but I'm going to look after you in that ravine. You, you, every morning and every night, a raven is going to come, and it's going to bring you bread, and it's going to bring you meat, and you'll be able to drink from the brook, even though the, the nation is going into drought. And if you know the story, you know that's exactly what happened. There he was by the stream, and he must have felt that he was living the dream. He was protected. He was hidden from the king. He was having miraculous provision every day. And I guess he knew what every day was going to look like. He he knew how it was going to work out. He was confident. He was comfortable in the blessing of God. But then, as you know the story, something unexpected happened, something that he never saw happen. And the Bible says that sometime later, the brook dried 
I don't know about you, but I think that sounds a lot like the year 2020. <laughs> we used to know how life worked. <laughs> we used to be able to just get up and if we had a job, just go to the job. We used to be able to go and visit friends and family. We used to be able to just go to the shops. We, we used to be able to go to church. We knew how life worked. We were, we were comfortable. We were seeing God's blessing. Then all of a sudden, it all dried up and we're thrown into a 2020 reality that none of us saw coming. And hey, it might, it might not even be connected to the pandemic. Maybe, maybe what dried up in your life was a relationship. Maybe you'd say to me, Pastor, my marriage has dried up. Maybe you'd say, well, my hopes and dreams for my kids have all dried up. Uh, they've, they've gone haywire, they, they've left the church, they, they're not following God. Maybe, maybe what's dried up is your health, your strength. Maybe, maybe the diagnosis has come. Maybe it's been a financial collapse. I, I don't know. But the truth is many things in our lives can be put under pressure. What I want to say to you today in the midst of this season and whatever season you may be going through, can I tell you, no matter what dries up, God always has the answer. Our God is a God of the miraculous. Our God is a covenant-keeping God. And as we heard in a prayer with Pastor Corey earlier on, He is faithful. He is a heavenly Father who knows the needs of His children. I want to say to you this morning, God has the answer for whatever need you may be facing right now. So let's go to that passage of Scripture. It's in uh, 1 Kings chapter 17. We're going to read from verse 8. The brook's dried up, but then it says, The word of the Lord came to Elijah. He said, Go at once to Zarephath to Sidon and stay there. I've commanded a widow in that place to supply you with food. And so he went to Zarephath, and when he came to the town gate, a widow was there gathering sticks. He called to her and asked, Would you bring me a little water in a jar so that I may have a drink? And as she was going to get it, he called, Owen, bring me, please, a piece of bread. Now, so far, I think Elijah's probably thinking it's going pretty well. He's got a word from the Lord. He's stepping out, doing what he's told to do. And now he meets a widow woman. So I'm sure he's feeling pretty confident at this stage that everything's under control. But how many know that, you know, sometimes things don't go the way we think they're going to go, even when we're on the journey of faith, because again, things change unexpectedly. As surely as the Lord your God lives, she replied, I don't have any bread, only a handful of flour and a little oil in a jug. And I'm gathering a few sticks to take home and make a meal for myself and my son that we may eat it and die. Do you know one of the things I've learned about the promises of God? It often gets worse before it gets better. You can have heard from God. You can have been stepping out in faith. But oftentimes, God allows that to be tested. Oftentimes, we'll be put in a situation we never saw coming. It looks hopeless, and it seems to be the complete opposite of what the promise is. We've got to realize when that situation's happened that it doesn't mean that you've failed. It doesn't mean that your faith is too small. It doesn't mean that the devil is too big. It's simply an opportunity for you and I to grow. It's simply an opportunity for you and I to engage our faith and to discover how good our God really is. Can I tell you, faith that has never been tested is not really faith at all. It's just a hope. 
It's just a dream. But when it's tested and we engage and we understand the power of agreement, I'm telling you, that's where God loves to display his power. Verse 13, Elijah said to her, don't be afraid. Go home and do as you've said, but first make a small cake of bread for me from what you have and bring it to me and then make something for yourself and your son. For this is what the Lord, I love that, for this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says, the jar of flour will not be used up, the jug of oil will not run dry until the day the Lord gives rain on the land. So she went away. And she did as Elijah had told her. And so there was food every day for Elijah and for the woman and for her family. For the jar of flour was not used up and the jug of oil did not run dry in keeping with the word of the Lord spoken by Elijah. What does agreement look like? Agreement looks like intimacy. You might say, Pastor, how do you, how do you get there? You, you can't have agreement unless you first know what you're agreeing with. You know, the, the, the strength of Elijah's faith came from the fact that he had heard from God. And he knew that he had heard from God because he knew his God. Reality is you can't claim a promise. You can't come into agreement with the Word of God until that Word of God has been quickened by the Spirit of God within your own heart. Intimacy is the birthplace of revelation and revelation is the birthplace of agreement. Do you know, I think if there's one thing that year 2020 has taught us it's this intimacy is everyone's responsibility fellowship was never meant to be a replacement for intimacy now don't get me wrong i'm i'm longing to be back in church i love the atmosphere of church I wish today I was looking at your face and not at this camera. I long to be able to come together in corporate fellowship to worship God together. Because when we worship God together, the atmosphere shifts. You know that. I know that. It's a glorious thing. It's a wonderful thing. And we need to pray that God will move in government, that God will move over the decision makers over our city and our state and our nation and let the churches open again. Because we need corporate fellowship. But corporate fellowship must never be a replacement for intimacy. You and I, we have an opportunity right now to be spending more time in the presence of God than ever before. And I want to encourage you, or oh, use this season. We may not be, have the freedom to move and to do all that we love to do, but all that's done for so many of us is create extra time. And I want to encourage you, oh, please seek His presence Get out the Word of God. Go to that quiet place somewhere, even if it's in your car, even if you've got to go and sit on a park bench to be alone. Open the Word of God. Open your mouth. Cry out to God because God will meet you. He wants to speak to you. He wants to 
bring revelation to you. Listen to these scriptures. Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 13. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. And I will be found of you, says the Lord. Proverbs 8, verse 17. I love those who love me and those who seek me will find me. Psalm 9, verse 10, those who know your name trust in you, for you, Lord, listen, listen, for you, Lord, have never forsaken those who seek you. And friends, it's not just in the Old Testament, it's all through Scripture. On the day of Pentecost, Peter gets up and he says, in the last days, God says, I will pour out my Spirit on all people. That's you. Not just on the pastors, not just on the leaders, not just on the ones that seem to have it all together. No, you, you in your brokenness, you and you with all the faults, you with all of the weaknesses, you, if you have a hunger for God and you seek God, He will be there. He's waiting for you. I'll pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. God is the author of the word. He is the author of the vision. He is the author of the dream. He's longing to speak to you. James 4 verse 8. Come near to God and he will come near to you. God's waiting for you. He's waiting for you. Intimacy, time in His presence is where we catch the revelation that can become the agreement. But of course, it's, it's not just prayer. It's also about partnering with others. You know, what I love about Elijah, he received his word. He stepped out in faith. But the first thing that happened was he got divinely connected. He got hooked up with a faith partner. Can I say that the key to Elijah's breakthrough was who God connected him to. You see, God's not a God of independence. God's not a God who, who wants us to just be operating in isolation. God is a God of agreement. God is a God who, who loves to connect us so that together we can walk in agreement. The reality is nothing happened for Elijah until he got into agreement, until he got into a spiritual partnership with the widow woman. And nothing happened for the widow woman until she got into agreement, until she got into a spiritual partnership with Elijah. And so the question you and I have to answer today is, who are you in partnership with? Who are you walking with? And is that partnership a faith partnership? You see, again, if one thing we've learned in the year 2020 is that God is a God of community. Oh, friends, thank God for the church. Oh, God, I, I pray that, that during this season that, that you and I are realizing again and again how much we need community. It's not healthy. Even the mental health authorities will tell us all of the studies right now. It's not healthy to be isolated. God knew that right from the beginning. He said to Adam and Eve, it's not good to man to be alone. And he says that to you and I. We need spiritual community. But it's got to be more than just a, a club. It's got to be more than just friendship groups. It's got to be a, a community of faith. It's got to be a community where we, we actually make a decision that we are going to build some strategic faith relationships. Can I say, friends, 
It actually starts at home. Can I say that there's nothing more powerful than a husband and wife who understand true agreement. We don't just live together. We don't just sleep together. We don't just share life together, but who pray together. We get a revelation from God together and who start lifting that revelation up to heaven, who know what it is to stand in real spiritual agreement and authority. I've got this so heavily on my heart today that for husbands and for wives together in faith, it is time to rise up and it's time to be in a, a whole new level of spiritual agreement. It's time to fight for your family. It's time to fight for your children. It's time to fight for the church. It's time to fight for our community. And I'm telling you, when a man and a woman of God understand spiritual agreement, heaven, heaven responds and earth begins to tremble. You might say, well, Pastor, that sounds great, but I'm, I'm on my own. Friends, you are never on your own. If you've been born again, you've been born into a family. I want to encourage you. You may not be married. You may not have a partner, but I'm telling you, there's someone. It may be someone in your connect group. It may be someone in a ministry team. Someone is placed somewhere in your world, but you need to reach out. Just like Elijah reached out, just like the widow woman responded, we need to reach out and discover who those people are that God wants to join together in our lives. And hey, it's not just reaching out. Sometimes you've got to fight for that relationship. You know, I said before, agreement doesn't mean that we agree with every single detail about everything. <laughs> That's not reality. Agreement means that we can look at our differences but still partner together in the purposes of God. That's the wonder of the local church that we can be so different in so many different ways. But when it comes to the purposes of God, we say, no, 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 no. We are in agreement here. I may not agree about this. I may not agree about that. But in the purposes of God, we stand united. You know what I love about Elijah? He could have been offended by the widow woman. He could have looked at her. What, you got no food? Well, you couldn't be the right one. Give me another one. Where's the rich widow woman? Where's the one with all the connections? God, I must have got it wrong. He could have been offended by her poverty. He could have been offended by her attitude, but he wasn't. He realised, no, 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 no. This is going to be a faith partnership that has nothing to do with circumstance, nothing to do with personality, nothing to do with where you're right now. This is a faith partnership. The widow woman could have been offended by Elijah. How rude. <laughs> How Who does he think he is? I haven't got any food, but he's saying, cook me a cake first. Who does he think? He could have, she could have been so offended. You say, but, but we, we wouldn't. Oh, yes, we, we get offended so easily. So easily. We judge so quickly. Think about it. Some of you today don't like my red shoes. Some of you, if you've seen my red shoes on camera, he's wearing red shoes. What happened to Pastor Dave? He's never worn red shoes before. We judge so quickly. We look at clothes. We look at hairstyles. We look at rips in our jeans. We look at all sorts of things. 
We say, he's not like he, him, she's not like she. I like that one. I like that worship. We judge so quickly. But friends, we've got to understand one of the devil's greatest tactics is that he would love to bring offence. Because if we hold on to offence, we can never move forward in partnership and agreement. And I want to thank you. I want to encourage you. I want to cheer you on again as a team and as a church for choosing not to be offended. When change comes into your world, you realise lots of things can change. Lots of things might seem a bit strange. Lots of things might seem new. But the agreement to stand together in the purposes of God, that means you understand faith. That means you understand kingdom principles. I'm telling you, when a church stands together, oh, friends, there's nothing that is impossible. Bible says on the day of Pentecost, they were all together. Acts 2, chapter 2, verse 1. A lot of translations, I'll just say, on the day of Pentecost was fully come. They were all together in one place. But friends, that's not the best translation. The best translation is the one that says, they were all together in one accord. They were all together in unity. They were all together in agreement. They didn't even know what they were waiting for. They didn't even really know what they were praying for. But suddenly, because they were there in agreement, the Spirit of God fell. The Holy Ghost came like it never come before. And they were filled with the Holy Ghost and fire. And the world has never been the same ever since. I'm telling you, when I pray for Numa Church, when I pray for Pastor Corey and Simone and the team and for you as a congregation, I pray for the spirit of unity and faith and agreement which will make the church unstoppable. What does agreement look like? It looks like intimacy, catching a revelation. It looks like partnership, but it also looks like a consistent confession of faith. Not just what we say in church. Not just the songs that we sing. Not just what we'll talk about when we get together in a connect group or when we're Zooming together. No, it's a consistent confession of faith even when things aren't going well. When it does get worse before it gets better. See, that's what Elijah did. I love it. The, the, the widow woman says, well, I don't have any bread. I've only got a handful of flour, a little bit of oil. I can't, I can't give you anything, but what did Elijah say? So he said, don't be afraid. Verse 13, go home, do as you've said, but first make a small cake of bread. And then he says, the jar of flour will not be used up and the jug of oil will not run dry. Listen, until the day the Lord gives rain on the land. You see, what he's saying is, hey, lady, I hear what you're saying. I hear what the circumstances are screaming. I hear you say you haven't got enough oil, you haven't got enough flour. But then he says, wait, you've got to understand, you've got to hear what the Lord, the God of Israel says. Can I tell you, when you're in agreement, you don't listen too much to what circumstances are saying. You don't listen too much to what other people may be saying. You hold on to the promise that God has given to you. And your declaration is a consistent reminder to God Himself, God, this is what you have promised. And we will confess it and declare it no matter what. Many of you will know uh, my son-in-law, one of my son-in-laws, uh, Don Osborne, he and my daughter Hannah lead the South Campus. And, 
It was fascinating. We, we had prayed for a partner for our daughter, Hannah, for a number of years. And then, you know, Don turns up. And I've, I've got to tell you, we, we weren't praying. We, we were praying for a good, strong, godly man. And that's exactly who Pastor Don is. But we weren't praying for a tall Texan. Tall, lanky Texan, and, and he's got such a, a strong accent. People would say to me, you know, once they started dating, people would say, hey, is he a good guy? And I would honestly say, look, I, I believe that he is, but to be totally honest with you, I can't understand a word he says. <laughs> and if you've met him, you know what I mean. He had such a strong accent, and it didn't matter where you put him. Whether he was on his own or in a group, whether it was a good day or a bad day or wherever it was, his accent remained the same no matter what was going on around about him. Can I tell you, when we understand the power of agreement, we have an accent of faith. We have a confession of faith that isn't dependent upon what's going on around about us. It's not dependent upon what others are saying. It's all about reminding God about what He has said and that we have come into agreement with. You know, when Sally and I first stepped into this church so many years ago, Pastor Phil Hills led, he and his wife Barbara led the church before us for 27 years and it's always been our spiritual father. We came in as a young married couple and we'd listen to his word and his preaching and he preached a message one day about uh, how uh, Paul was released from, from prison and, uh, you know, there was an incredible earthquake and an uh, amazing thing happened and the jailer at the end of the earthquake, the jailer comes up and says, what must I do to be saved? And the response from Paul was, was very simple. You've got to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved and your household. I can remember listening to that message from Pastor Phil and getting a revelation from God that it wasn't just about me. It wasn't just about my wife, Sal. It was about her family as well. You see, Sally came from a, a family of unbelievably unchurched people. They didn't even know what the gospel was. They didn't know who Jesus was. And none of them were saved. They were so far from God. But we got a revelation together that the reason Sal became born again, the reason I was born again, the reason that we were joined together, one reason was not just because God loved us, but because God wanted to save her family. And so as a young couple, and I've got to tell you, we weren't perfect. I've got to tell you, we weren't mature. I've got to tell you, we were relatively young believers and just married, but we made a decision. Once we got that revelation, every Saturday night, it wasn't time to go out. It wasn't time to go to the movies. It wasn't time to socialise. Saturday night was our night of agreement. And we would, every Saturday night, we would get down together and we would confess the promise of God. It's for you and your household. And we would lift up her mum, lift up her dad, lift up her sister and her brother. And I've got to tell you, my God, the confession of agreement shifted heaven. And we started to see miracles. If I had another hour to preach, I could tell you all the stories how her family one by one by one came to get gloriously saved. And now we have nieces and nephews that are serving the Lord and are going on because why? Not because we were perfect, not because we had it all together, but because of the power of agreement. Friends, that power is available for you. There's somebody, there's something you need to be in agreement over. Don't wait. Start confessing. Start reminding God of his promises. He won't be offended. He'll be encouraged. 
Heaven will be rejoicing because they'll be looking down. Do you know the greatest miracle, the greatest miracle in this story is not the oil. The greatest miracle in this story, it is not the flower. The greatest miracle is that God found two people who were willing to come into agreement. Two totally different people. A prophet, but a widow woman at the end of her days. But God brought them together. Do you know, God knew what he wanted to do right from the start. He wanted to bless He wanted to provide. He wanted to do all of the things that he ended up doing. But his challenge was to find two people who were willing to stand into agreement. And hey, I want to thank you again. I want to encourage, I want to cheer you on as a church today that you have been in agreement. You know, the Bible says this. It's an amazing scripture. Psalm 126, verse 5 and 6, it says this. Those who sow with tears will reap with songs of joy. Those who go out weeping, carrying seed to sow, will return with songs of joy, carrying sheaves with them. I love that scripture because God's not afraid of the tears. God's not afraid of of hard times because He's got the answer already. But here's the thing. We can still sow seed in the hard times. We can still sow seed even though we may be weeping. And I want to cheer you on again as a church that even in this difficult time of the pandemic and all that it's involved for the church and what it may have involved in your life, you as a church, you haven't shrunk back. You haven't thought it just got into a, we're just going to hold on and, and trust. We're just going to, no, no, no. You've risen up. You've kept on giving. You may have been weeping, but you've kept on being faithful. You've kept on sowing financial seeds into the church. The church is strong and healthy because you've kept sowing your financial finances in there. You've kept on caring as a church for the less fortunate, caring for the community around about. You've kept on supporting mission partners around the world, one of whom is Sally and I. Can I stop and just thank you again? We're part of your mission program and you help us when we can to get across to Europe again. We couldn't do it without you. You may not see our faces, but we're still in partnership together because of your giving. You haven't held back in a hard time. You've risen up. You've risen up and you've risen up in prayer, fasting, praying, believing God. Why? Because you are a church that understands the power of agreement. My prayer for you today is simply this, that you will continue to be a people who hunger after the presence of God. That you will continue to be a people who catch the whisper and the revelation that's coming from heaven. Our prayer, my prayer is that you will be a people that will walk in partnership. Not offended by people around about you, not offended by whatever might or may not be going on, but people who understand we are called in covenant relationship together for the purposes of God. My prayer this morning again is that you would have a constant confession of faith that can be registered in heaven and worked out here planet earth so would you right now just wherever you are unless you're driving the car unless you're walking along the road would you just close your eyes for a moment and let me just close in prayer before pastor Corey comes 
Father, thank you so much. You are our heavenly Father who loves every one of us just as we are. We're all works in progress, God. None of us perfect. But God, you've said that if we learn to walk in unity and if we learn to agree together, whatsoever we bind here on earth will be bound in heaven. God, that power of agreement can flow. And I pray, Father, for, Lord, every individual that's listening to my voice right now, Lord, for that hunger for Your presence that will catch the whisper, that the written Word will become the living Word in our hearts and that we'll have faith to stand and believe that You'll cause us to, Lord, reach out to others, that we'll walk together in faith and that together we'll see the promises come because You are faithful. It's not about the circumstance. It's not about what others might say. It's what about you have said, what you have promised. So I pray, Father, for every individual, and I pray for this wonderful, wonderful, wonderful church. Pastor Corey and Simone and all of the leadership team and everyone that calls Numa Church home. God, let them continue to walk in the power of agreement for your glory. In Jesus' name. God bless you. It's been so good to be speaking with you today. Thank you for joining us for this message today. We don't assume that every person listening has a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And so today, we invite you to begin following Jesus as your Lord and Saviour. The Bible teaches that every one of us has been created for a relationship with God. Sin has separated us from that relationship, but God loved us so much that He gave us His one and only Son, Jesus Christ. Jesus lived, died, and rose again, conquering sin, Satan, and death itself. If we believe in our hearts that God has raised Jesus from the dead, and we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, we will be saved. So if you are ready to pray in faith, turning away from your sin and believing in Jesus for your salvation, please pray this prayer. Dear Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God and I ask you to forgive me and cleanse my heart from all of my sin. I receive by faith the free gift of eternal life and I ask that you would fill me with the Holy Spirit. I thank you that I am born again as a child of God and that you have made me a new creation in Christ Jesus. In Jesus' name I pray, Amen. If you have prayed that prayer for the first time, we would love to know and help connect you to a local church in your area. You can contact us on our website, numa.church. Thank you for listening.